Welcome and thank you for joining us. Here at Calvary Chapel Eldoret, we believe in impacting and changing people's lives through the Bible, which is the only inspired and infallible Word of God. For more information, be sure to check out our website at ccelderet.org. That is ccelderet.org. And here is today's word. Today, uh, we'll do a topical teaching. We'll do a few of them before we go back to um, in-depth studies of books. We'll go to the book of Ephesians when we are done with this topical uh, teachings. Today, I'll be talking to us about unforgiveness. Imprisoned by unforgiveness. Because many of us are in that prison. Some of us are aware, some of us are not aware. And we pray that God will help us to know where we are so that we make informed decision on how to follow him and to serve him better. We'll be in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. Before that, let us ask for God's blessings. Lord, we thank you again for the privilege. We thank you that um, you have given us a day. This is an indication that you are with us. For your word say that your mercies are new every day. And the evidence is all around us. And your spirit is here with us. As we read your word and go through it, we ask that you would help us to grasp the truth of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me to Matthew 18, 21. Through 35. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times. Seven. Therefore, the kingdom of God is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. So his servant, his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved. And came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers 
until he should pay all that was due to him. So, my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. That is a wonderful passage. <laughs> Unforgiveness. This is one of the troubling things, not with just a few people, with many people, and also in the church and outside the church. It is a struggle for many people. This is a state of emotional and mental and spiritual distress that results from delayed response in forgiving an offender. And it is characterized by indignation, bitterness, and a demand for punishment. When people have wronged us, we want them to be punished for what they have done. And there are things that for, for sure needs punishment for those wrongdoings according to the law that we have in the land. But let us try to focus on the subject that we have at hand. We are talking about forgiveness. In the Jewish culture, there was a limit that if someone would offend you this many times, you forgive up to this time, and then after that, then you can take the legal procedures. So with the Hebrews, it was three times. Someone will offend you. When it gets to the third time, then now you guys can face it. They have refused to pay back what they owe. If it's money, then you'll take them to the um, elders or face the law with the person. And then here we see the apostle Peter, here a disciple, he's trying to kind of go over because he knows what was written and what the law requires in terms of forgiveness. Three times. But he say, hey, how many times if my brother offends me, how many times should I forgive? Is it seven times? In other words, he's multiplied that by two and added one, and he thinks he's very spiritual, right? <laughs> like, I got this. You know, the law says three times. I have added three plus one. This is seven times. This is awesome. The Lord will probably be... We will be pleased with my wisdom. But Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. 70 times seven. So the big question is, how often should I? How many times? I mean, how many times do you as a person want to? Because the, the reason why we put limits is because we want to do something else after the limit is done. I want to get angry. <laughs> I want to get angry. I want to get furious. I want rage. I want something in return. It doesn't just need to go that way. I need to be part of this. So, what are we looking for? We are looking for the limits. When it elapses, then I have the freedom to go and do the legal procedures. But Jesus says, hey, it is 70 times 7. And it is not 70 times 7 in one year or six months or three months or a month or a week. 
It is in a day. Tell me who, I mean, even if you, you are the worst offender, <laughs> how many times do you just want to offend people? 70 times 7. I mean, it's like you're, you're sleeping and all you're figuring out is how you're going to offend people all day long. I mean, you'll run out of idea too soon. <laughs> you won't be able to do that. In other words, Jesus is saying this is infinity. It never ends. It never ends. If you're thinking there's supposed to be a limit, we do not have a limit in terms of forgiveness. They have offended you, fine. But there's no limit for that. And for them to really understand what Jesus is talking about, he jumps in and talks about a parable. And this parable, the Bible says, verses 23, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king. In the olden days, they employed parables not to veil the truth, but to illustrate the truth. After talking for a long time, people, people lose you along the way. They don't just pay attention much. And then when you use a parable, it's kind of try to bring them back to the story. Like, hey, it's, you know, it's 70 times 7. Like, what is that? What do you mean? And then you say, therefore, the kingdom of heaven. He's drawing their attention to the kingdom of heaven. We are talking about forgiveness, forgiving a brother, forgiving a sister, forgiving an offender. But Jesus is drawing us back to the kingdom. If you are to know the truth about anything, you have to go back to the kingdom. What are the principles of this kingdom? What are the principles? Say the, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Which means this king has servants who have debts and debts. They owe him a lot of money, a lot of millions of dollars. This kingdom is likened to this king. And when he had begun to settle the accounts, like everyone who is in charge, everyone who is indebted to me, bring them on the line. I want to see what they owe me and how they are going to pay me back. And when he had begun to settle the accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. This was the highest denomination in their currency. And as I was reading other articles, trying to find out, you know, the, the amount of this money. One article said that in Galilee, their revenue for a whole year was 3,000 talents. Okay, like was in Gishu County, we are planning for the next phase, for the next year, the whole year. What are we using? 3,000 talents. It's probably 3 billion or something, or whatever it is. It's a lot of money. But this man owed how much? 10,000 talents. This is to illustrate to the listeners the magnitude of debt owed by this single person. These are millions of dollars. This is millions, billions of money. How are you going to do that? Let's see the plans that he has to repay this money. 
But when he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold, his wife and children, and all that he had, and that payment be made. So what is to happen? This man to be sold, probably as a slave. Not he himself. Him, his wife, children, everything he possessed. And then they're locked somewhere. There's no freedom. And the other question would be, if you're locked, how are you going to be able to pay your debts? Your chances of paying this debt becomes slimmer. Why? Because you can't go to work. I mean, if you're employed, you can't be employed in prison anymore. You can't have money anymore. Nothing is going to happen. The servant, therefore, fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Mark those words, and we'll revisit them. Have patience on me, and I will pay you all. I have realized that, you know, this, the people who are not willing to forgive, they normally know or they have the right words, but they don't mean them in their hearts. They will say the proper words, but they can't do them. They want to be politically correct in their speech and in their presentation, but they're not able to do what they say. He said to the king, be patient or have patience with me and I will pay you all. And the master of the servant was moved with compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. I mean, you, you think about that. That is the revenue that would take Galilee for many years without people working and you're being forgiven of that debt on a single day. Not to think about it anymore, not to be reminded of that debt anymore. Why? Because you begged for forgiveness and it was granted unto you. It was granted unto you. The king did not ask him on how he will go about it. The plans that he has in terms of payment. You know, are you going to do some installment? You know, are you going to do 10 per year, 10 per month? Give me a plan because every one of us needs a plan, right? You say you're going to pay it back, give me a plan. In other words, give me some assurance that you're going to pay it back. What do you have at hand? But the king never asked of that. He was moved by compassion. Moved by compassion and forgave him all the debts. But the servant went out and found out his fellow servant who owed him a hundred denarii. This is a lower currency. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. When I was a teenager, I used to watch a lot of wrestling. <laughs> and when I read this, it took me back to the mighty undertaker. <laughs> Big show. These people, they would slam people by their throats 
lifting them up. You know what, what happens when you're lifted up? You, you're, you're helpless, you're trying to fight, but you can't. And you tr- Whatever you're trying is not working. This guy is stronger than you. They got you by the throat. What a merciless man this was. When the king said, hey, pay me what you owe me, did the king get this guy by the throat? It was a noble thing to ask, like, hey, you owe me some money, pay me back. When he was not able to pay back, he asked for forgiveness, actually. He said, hey, I don't have it now, but I will pay you all that I owe. But he goes ahead and finds his fellow servant who owes him little money, not 10,000 talents. I don't know if you're following what Jesus is trying to illustrate in terms of forgiveness. The one who is forgiven much, the Bible say, loves much. But that is not the case with this man right here. He's been forgiven much, but in turn, he's sending his fellow servant to prison until he's able to pay back this money. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me and I will pay you all. The very exact words he said to the king in verses 26. And he was forgiven. Say, be patient with me. I will pay you all. And he would not listen but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. I mean, how was that possible? Because when I'm in prison, I'm not able to work, which means if there was some interest, this money is going to grow. It's going to be a lot of it. It's going to take me a lot of effort to pay back the money. In other words, if you're not able to pay and you are imprisoned, you are there for life. You're in there for life. So when his fellow servants saw what has been, had been done, They were grieved. Fellow servants knew how much he was forgiven and how much this fellow servant owed him and how he acted. And they were grieved. For the sake of this brother, they were grieved. And they went to the master. And told him all these stories. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant. You know how we call the people who don't forgive? Wicked. (laughs) They are wicked. The Bible says here, You wicked servant. You don't think of the good that I did for you. You don't think of how much you owed me and I forgave you all of them. You wicked servant. I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. I had compassion on you. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you. 
And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers. <laughs> Not just delivered him into this prison, but to the jailers, the torturers. Do whatever you guys can with this guy. He's ungrateful. Have no mercy. Until he's supposed to pay all that he owes. So because he did not have mercy on his fellow servants, the debt that was canceled has been brought back in full and he's bound, he's behind bars. What a pity. The things that will take us back behind bars are those very things that we should have let go a long time ago. And I would ask us this question. How many years have you served as an inmate? How many years have you served in the jail term of unforgiveness? How many? For some of you, it's a lot of years. Because this person offended me, then I'm not going to forgive them. God has forgiven me, fine, but I will not forgive them. You know how we normally say in Swahili, I've forgiven you, but I've left you for God. To do what? To tear me apart? Not probably. No. When the king forgets, he forgets. He forgives and forgets. He doesn't want to bring it out again. He finishes this parable by saying, so my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. If you don't forgive, you know what will happen. Let's jump to Matthew chapter 6 and see how he talks about the same subject again. This is uh, the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. Say, in this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Remember, the Bible is our blueprint. So whatever happens, we have to go back to what the Bible says about it, about forgiveness. Why do I feel so nice holding on to things, holding on to people? Well, Jesus Christ is telling us that if we don't forgive men their trespasses, we won't be forgiven. It is vertical and horizontal. God has forgiven us our sins. We need to extend forgiveness to our fellow brothers and sisters. Why is this a big subject? Because people will always offend us. We will always offend people. So we need forgiveness every day. That is why the, the, the number of times we ought to forgive, it is multiplied by seven and we need it for a day. Tomorrow you need the same. 
It's never ending. Some people are hurt by the people who don't even exist today anymore. Some of them have even died, but you're still holding on to things that I won't forgive them. And when I see them in heaven, I will tell them how they offended me. Which heaven are you talking about? Do you have your own? (laughs) Where do you want to take bitterness? We don't take bitterness to heaven. There's no room for that. He left me with this. He went with this. Whatever he left you with, and you don't have it or you have it, thank God you have God's breath today. (laughs) It is Satan's delight to tell me that once he got me, he will keep me. But at that moment, I can go back to God. And I know that if I confess my sins, God is faithful and just to forgive me. In other words, it's the enemy who wants to keep us in this house, in this chamber of unforgiveness. The Bible calls him the accuser of brethren. Whatever you do, whatever you did, he keeps on bringing it up. Hey, you remember what you did to that guy? You remember what you did to that woman, that child, that boss? Whatever it was, he wants to keep it alive. He knows when it's alive in your eyes, you don't have focus, you can't see what God has for you. And many of us are living in that state. Hurting people will hurt people. (laughs) They will do. They will find every other reason to do that. We have a lot of negative effects of unforgiveness. Number one, it keeps us in the victim mode. The victim mentality. When people do things like, yeah, they have done this for me because of that. You know, I am unable to function well because I was offended this at the time. Because this did happen, so you qualify it to happen today. Living as a victim. We become conditioned by our past hearts. This man left me with a child. This man left him in debt. This woman did this to me. And so, whatever God sends your way in the future... You don't see God, you see your past. You see the things that were done to you before. They create a picture of, you know, how you think things are today. And so because this happened, then they are prone to do that again. Because this one man offended you, Every other man will offend you. Because this person stole from you, trust is thrown off the window. Then also we began to we begin to have illogical response to other people's sins. I mean, this guy is just forgiven and then immediately he goes out, he takes his fellow servant 
to jail. What a pathetic man that was. Your response to other people's sins becomes marred by your unforgiveness. That's why I say these people, they know what is, they can say the right things. They can be politically correct in everything they say. But deep inside, they cannot do those things. He begged for mercy. He begged the king to forgive him and he was forgiven. And then after forgiveness, shortly after, he does not do the same. Then unforgiveness also hinders our prayers. You're having a lot of weight. That is why Jesus also said, hey, you, you, you want to give an offering. You remember that you have not settled something with a brother? Go settle the matter. I'm not interested in your gift as much as in you as a person. I'm interested more in you than the gift that you give. Obedience is better than sacrifice. You can sacrifice the fattest animal, but I will not accept it. See the way Jesus is trying to make us understand the magnitude, the weight of unforgiveness. Because you fail not to do that, you're thrown back to the prison. I don't know how many years you've served in the prison of unforgiveness. But man, you got to let things go. Let things go and let God. C.S. Lewis says, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. Why do you think you're better than the others? Why do you think their sins are worse than yours if you've been forgiven by God himself? God's forgiveness extends to the worst offenders and to anyone who wishes to receive it. It is not because of who we are, but because of who he is. At the end of the day, this is what we'll say. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Do you think Christ wants to reside where there is bitterness, where there is anger. All these things are brooded in one person. It is a lot of weight. It will tear you apart. Don't allow that to happen. You are a child of God. If he's forgiven you, forgive. Let things go. Remember, that the moment you ask for forgiveness, God forgave you. Now do your part and leave the guilt behind. Leave the guilt behind. Well, that is the, the other weight that we are carrying with us. Yes, I did this, but I don't know if he's ever forgiven me of that. The devil, Satan, He's the father of all liars, and he will lie to you every time that God has not forgiven you, while God forgave you long time ago. He's given you freedom, but that freedom is not enjoyed because of this condemnation, this guilt that comes. I know you were offended, yes, badly, 
But tell me, is there any other person who has ever been offended like our Lord Jesus Christ? You know what he said at the cross? Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Forgive them. Forgive from your heart. The quick understanding of this parable is God is our king. He's the king that he's talking about. And all his servants had contracted a great debt of sin which they were unable to pay. But in wonderful grace and compassion, the Lord paid the debt and granted full and free freedom for every servant. We are free not because we helped him work things out. No, he did it himself at the cross. Those who normally go back to this, you know, unforgiveness and these hearts, I don't know if they have experienced the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Because unto him that much is given, much is required. If you have been forgiven much, you will love much. So you can't say, God has forgiven me this much, but I won't forgive these people. Day after day, we'll have to press the refresh button. Because you will meet these people who offended you, and you have to press that button to refresh, to be reminded that your sins are forgiven by who? Jesus Christ. I need to forgive them. I need to constantly remember that God has forgiven them their sins too. I don't need to get a hold of people's sins. Do you know how Christ treated this? Treated forgiveness as if the offense never occurred. So when he's forgiven you, he's not reminding you of the fact of that sin. It is gone as far as the east is from the west. I am separated from the saints. Don't drag them everywhere you go. I know people have hurt you before. People have offended you before. But then, if Christ is our model, we've got to change. There has to be a change of mind. As I welcome the worship team to come, there has to be a change of mind. Something has to be done. And that whatever has to be done remains to be your part. He's forgiven you. You've gone before the king and he's forgiven you. Those who are offending you or have offended you, find it in your heart to forgive them. And the word that we just read says, and forgive us our debts as these other things are actually good, you know, that he talked about in the prayer. You know, give us our, our today our daily bread. You know, thine is the kingdom. Lead us not into temptation. These are wonderful things. But the extension, after giving them this um, straight idea on how they ought to pray, he continued with the subject of unforgiveness. Forgive us as we forgive. There's a condition there. As we. Are you going to forgive? Or are you going to hold on to? Sometimes I think about it carnally this way. That if I'm holding on to a person who is 70 kgs, 
I have 70 kgs of weight in my heart that I can't let go. So if there are 10 people, how many is that? 700. If there are 20 people, if there are 30 people, if it's 100 people, whoever they are, there's a lot of weight that comes with unforgiveness. Don't accept to be bound in that chamber. Get off behind bars. Know that he's forgiven you and that is what you needed. Period. Trust that you have been forgiven and walk in that forgiveness. I don't know who you need to forgive. I don't know. You probably don't have someone that you need to forgive. You probably have a few. If you don't have, you don't have to crack your brain and think of those people that you need to forgive. All I know is that every one of us was like those servants, had great debts that we were not able to pay. But yet the king decided to forgive us all our debts. He wiped them away, the Bible says. They are not written in records. They are wiped away. This has always been my prayer, that my heart will be like a clean sheet of paper that God will write his will upon it and I will follow it to the latter. Not following my own desires because my own desires, wicked. <laughs> the heart of man is wicked beyond measure, the Bible says. Who can know it? But God knows our hearts, man. He knows our hearts. He knows your heart. He knows the things you're holding on to. He knows that person you've refused to let go. Some of them are even the members of our church. Because there was something and you've refused to let people go. Don't be imprisoned for this unforgiveness. There is freedom in Christ. There is liberty in Christ. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Disciples indeed, free indeed. Ask the Lord to help you. Ask the Lord to help you. This is not just, you know, a problem with a few people in church here. It's global. People don't want to forgive. People don't want to let things go. I don't know why you don't want to let, because it was painful. Whatever the case, there's no pain that supersedes all our sins hanged on the cross on one man. Nothing supersedes that. So if you have to forgive, forgive and leave those conditions. <laughs> forgive and let God walk through you. Walk through you. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. I don't think this temple need those aspects of unforgiveness in them. It needs to be a place where we will offer a sacrifice that is accepted before God. Lord, we are before your presence today. We ask that you help us I know many of us are struggling with this issue of forgiving people. 
a father who left, a mother who didn't treat you well, parents who didn't pay school fees for you because they were unable or whatever reason. We are holding on to these people. Those who have stolen from us, they've robbed us, a lot of things. We are holding on to them. Please, Lord, help us not to harbor unforgiveness in our hearts. We know from the scriptures that it also hinders our prayers, meaning it's a wall, and we don't want it in our lives. Everyone who needs forgiveness in this room, Lord, I pray that you forgive us. Forgive us, God. We have offended you many times and we need you. And those perhaps who have never given their life to you, I pray that you will move in their lives and that there will be true repentance. Help us, O God. As we give to you this morning, we pray that we'll give a percentage that is glorifying to you, knowing that you are worthy of everything. Everything that we have belongs to you. So our giving is a response to what you have given to us. So we thank you, God, and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's teaching. We hope that you've been inspired and blessed. For more teachings and other resources, visit our website at ccelderet.org or call us at 0718-012-496. That is 0718-012-496. See you next time.